Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 150 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Joel. (laughs) And I'm Josh, and I'd like to thank Pikachu. Not only 17 years ago did that little yellow electric rat buy me a computer, but right now he's giving me a trendy excuse for running into curbs, parked cars, and unattended pets. (laughs) Pika, pika. Ooh, that was creepy. Okay. Okay. First off, that is not Patrick. <laughs> Even though Joel no. Joel was waiting for him, uh, Patrick is out and about today. He's got a hot date running his food truck, the Cheesy Rider tonight. So he's out uh, catching Pokemon. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's out catching Pokemon, um, and that is the show topic this week. Pokemon. Yeah, this one's been coming for a while. People have been requesting it with the 20-year anniversary, and uh, we're, we're finally here, episode 150. Right, with the release of uh, Pokemon Go game, it is now, like, the hottest thing out there. <laughs> Literally, like, took the world by storm. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later, though, so. You know what else is taking the world by storm? <gasps> Ooh. The Podcast Collective. Ooh. Like that? Yeah, I do. That, nice. that, that one was pretty good. If you'd like to check out the Podcast Collective at podcastcollective.com, you'll not only find our show, but you'll find the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Joel's Own The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Mint in Box Cast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, and the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Hmm. I love the fact that the Rad Dad Radio Hour is the last one to say. It sounds like something you should end on. The Rad Dad Radio Hour? Yeah. It's just fun to say. The Rad Dad Radio Hour. I'll have to listen to that. Sounds like a Nickelodeon show. (laughs) I still have to listen to Scott the Pool Boy. You really do. He's not going anywhere. Uh And neither are we. You can uh, find our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and Google Play Podcasts. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727, as a Lamprey did, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lampreys. Those things are freaky. And no shit, it reminds me of what would happen if an evil wizard cast a curse on someone's fleshlight. Ew. Wait, Pat would put put his dick in it. He can't defend himself, but you're right. All <laughs> I'm right. not wrong. All right, let's hear what the Lamprey has to say. 
Hey guys, it's uh, Will Slacker. It's the first time I've ever called in. I've listened to your show for a while. It's freaking hilarious. Uh, I just wanted to call in because I was listening to the birthday episode, and uh, Joel knows me, and Joel's heard me say this before. I, do- I drive a delivery truck, so I listen to podcasts while I'm driving, and sometimes I have to go into garages and such to drop off parts. Well, I was listening to your last show when I was delivering some parts in front of a lot of people, and whoever made the crack about Little House on the Lamprey, thank you. <laughs> I laughed in front of a lot of people that think I'm crazy now. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Keep the show up. It's hilarious. Thank you. Bye. Is he the guy who commented that he thought this was the uh, birthday show was our funniest? Yes, that that's Slacker Jedi. I'm guessing he said that before he got to the end, when we were all, like, cutting ourselves and listening to Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah, he, he sends me random messages from time to time about how much he's enjoying the episodes. And, uh, yeah, that was his comment today, that that was up to the second half was the funniest episode so far. <laughs> wow. <laughs> before we got all sad and old. Yeah, story I of my warned life. him. Well, I... I told him, I said, it gets really dark. And he's like, I don't know. It, it's really funny still. I'm like, just wait. And then he messages me later. He's like, oh. Because <laughs> everyone knows wrestling with one's morale, mortality is uh, usually pretty hilarious, <laughs> really. I mean, yeah, Wrestling with mortality was our second choice for the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like that? You should listen to the Fear Show. That's a laugh riot right there, too. That's, it's, that was a good show. It was a good Intensely show. Intensely personal. Yeah. Definitely not a beginner show. So <laughs> that's true. No, uh, the death show is coming though. No, it's not. See, now you got me thinking of which which of us is going to be the first to die, and if we'll still be doing this. And oh, now, way to go, Joel. Maybe Where's we, Pat? I need an adult. With Pat, let's talk <laughs> about Pokemon. Oh wait, yeah, no, no, we got to. It's not. It's about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies. This weekend, September 30th, 1999, the date of the North American release of the first Pokemon video games, Red and Blue. Indeed. Yes. Uh, Music. TLC dominated the charts for the start of a three-week run with Unpretty. I think none of them are Unpretty. I don't... Well, I don't know that song. I vaguely remember it. It's not... uh, like, there are a few of their songs I really like, and one of their songs I really hate, and that's it. That one just is like kind of nothing. It. Okay. it was a big year for them. They had a lot of pretty big hits in 99. Okay. Well, let's see. Also, Chris DeBerg's website was closed down after countless obscene messages were posted on the guest book. One message consisted of entirely of two four letter words repeated 3,500 times. Which two words? <laughs> it didn't say. Oh, uh, which is now how most people feel when they hear "Lady in Red." Christopher's Aww. claim to fame. I like that song. That is a good song. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, this week also saw the release of Garth Brooks' album "Garth Brooks in the Life of Chris Gaines." No one understood. No one cared. Yeah, that <laughs> was an odd phase. <laughs> we talked about. Go ahead. I was just going to say we talked about that on the country music show. Yeah, he was going to release a rock album, and it turned out to be, like, easy listening. It it did not work. Plus, he had a soul patch. Yeah. And it's not like he did a lot to change his appearance, either. He just took off the hat and grew the soul patch, really. Still and looked- put on, a like, a 
a wig. Yeah. Still kind of looked like a Pillsbury Doughboy, though. <laughs> oh, you know what? Speaking of the country music episode, hmm. there's a bit of feedback I forgot to talk about from the Facebook page that oh. I want to throw out there. Uh-oh. Uh, from uh, Miss Mabelina. Oh, dear. Uh, she said, pretty sure all of you hated Old Dominion when you did your country music show back then. I'm just t- popping by to tell y'all you're wrong. Okay, bye. Oh, I remember this conversation. I was only responding to her in lyrics from uh, uh, Let It Go from Frozen. No, yes. no, no, not Let It Go. Do you want to build a snowman? Yes, and eventually I, I came back with a correction. I said, correction, we didn't all hate Old Dominion. I'd never heard them. Didn't manage to listen to any before we recorded that show. So in the interest of fairness, I just went and loaded one of their videos. Now we all hate Old Dominion. <laughs> I was not privy to that conversation. No? No. No. So, uh, movies. Double Jeopardy started its three-week run at the number one spot. A film proving that if you murder somebody once and are convicted, you can't be convicted the second time you murder them. Also proving that Ashley Judd used to be popular. (laughs) What happened to her? I don't know. I never had a real big problem with her, but yeah, she kind of disappeared. Yeah, she went from moderately big star to, like, nowhere. Huh. I wonder what she's doing now. Hmm. We should do an Ashley. No. 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 We, no. <laughs> we would get so much hate mail. It's got to, the, the subject has to have a now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's harsh. Whoa. So, uh, this week saw the release of many movies related to our show, including Being John Malkovich, Princess Mononoke, the Cider House Rules, which started the patron saint to 40 going on 14. I hope I starred. Started. Jesus. Uh, sexy Michael Caine. Wow. Yeah. Cider House Rules, dude. No, I don't think that's the way it went. No. No. Needed an exclamation I, point for that. Wait, why? Oh, I see. Gotcha. I was confused. Then I reread it. It's like, okay, Michael Caine is the, uh, the connection for Cider House Rules because I didn't remember talking about that one. No. That would have, that'd be a great show. Let's talk about Cider House Rules. <laughs> and Sophie's Choice. Yeah, God. Oh, it makes me remind of this, the Sophie's Choice train that was at the mall. Um, so TV. <laughs> Curb Appeal makes its debut on HGTV. Skinheads everywhere are confused when they realize it's not a sequel to American History X. Whoa. <laughs> dude. Dark. Joel, holy shit, man. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Good God. I'm not sure if I should disapprove of that or not. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get hate mail. Okay, sorry. Why do we let him do things again? Nobody else was doing it. Pat was gone. <laughs> so uh, also on TV, ruling broadcast television was touched by an angel, Seventh Heaven, and the acronym of the week, which is WWTBAM. Yes, of course, that's Wild Wolverine Totally Balls All Mutants. <laughs> That sounds like some fan fiction. <laughs> Proving uh, that family values were popular once? I can't... What What was that? Because I know I've got a vision of Wolverine and... <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, okay. It, it was a family-friendly show, and the other two were definitely very family-friendly. Yeah, Michael Landon. Can't go wrong with a him. Wolf, no, you're thinking... Wolverine was very friendly. Yeah. You're thinking of Highway to Heaven. Oh, okay. See, I got confused. Seventh Heaven was the one with uh, Jessica Biel before she was Jessica Biel. Who was she then? She was just Jessica Biel. 
She was that really hot chick on the Christian show. Ah. Right. So, sports. In 1999, Australia beat Pakistan in the Cricket World Cup by eight wickets. Hey, a cricket thing where I understood every word. Yeah, and there were no, there were no new words in there either. Wait uh, for it. Uh, so the San Francisco Giants played their last game at Candlestick Park before a crowd of 61,389 fans. Frank couldn't make it to make it an even 390. So <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers won 9 to 4, and then sad trombone. And. Yep. Here we go. Playing for Himachal Pradesh against Jammu and Kashmir in the Ranji Trophy, Rajiv Nanvyar becomes the first and only player in first class cricket history to bat for over a thousand minutes in an innings, scoring 271 in 1,015 minutes. What does that mean? I don't know. You wrote it, dude. I think you're just screwing with me. No, I cut and paste it from a cricket website, and I have no idea what it means. Over a thousand minutes. How long are these fucking games? How long is a cricket game? And a thousand minutes is 16 hours. Well, 16 and a half hours. This is one batter. Okay, so on an international level, cricket is played in three versions. A test match has a duration of a maximum of five days, eight hours Holy each day, including breaks, and can end early, ends as a draw if no result obtained for five days. It's like a Dungeons and Dragons tournament. On an well, average, I have a feeling that was the short one. No, that made you know, a one-day match has a duration around eight hours, including the breaks, and the shortest version is a 2020 or a T20, which has a duration of about three hours. Okay. So that wasn't the short one. Okay, so the, all these test matches are probably wh- how, why we're getting all these crazy stats, because they're five days long. Yeah. That's insanity. And a test match goes two hours in the morning, 40 minutes for lunch, two hours for afternoon, 20 minutes for tea, two hours for evening session. <laughs> That's what it says. We got a break for tea. Got a break for tea. Of course you have to break for tea. You're playing fucking cricket. <laughs> Forget the Gatorade. Everyone to have a cup of tea. Let's have a hot beverage. (laughs) Well, tea is a meal. It's not just like they sit down and drink a cup of tea. Oh, no. They've got crumpets and shit. Yeah, uh, sandwiches. Like, it's its its own thing. It's like afternoon snack formalized as a meal. Mm -hmm. I know that one. I'm down for. So, Pokemon, or, in the long version, Pocket Monsters. I like that name. Better? Would you like to battle my pocket monster? Yeah, buddy. Uh, I mean, this is an odd topic for us. One of the reasons why it's taken us so long to get here is because I'm the youngest of us, and I was like 21 when this came out. Yep, and I'm second to the oldest, and I was working for the company that made Pokemon cards at this time. <laughs> that's so awesome. So that's how, that's how I heard about Pokemon. Because I was, I was working, uh, running a retail store for uh, Wizards of the Coast at that time. So, Joel, did you hear about it? Uh? Yeah, at the, that point, uh, my nephew was right at the perfect age to be into it. So, you know, he grew up with it. So, I yeah, I remember Pokemon quite a bit. Okay. And that theme song. 
Gotta catch him. Oh, Pokemon. See, I remember the exact moment that I realized Pokemon was a thing. Uh, Would have been the 1999 Chicago Model and Hobby Expo. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, normally it's something where if you work in a game store, you don't even necessarily go to that. But I didn't just manage a game store. I managed a hobby town. So all of us would go for at least a day. And normally it's just like, okay, you've got all of the plastic model cars and you've got the like new method for connecting little model trains together that costs a hundred bucks or what? et cetera. Yeah. Like all of this, like super crazy old guy hobby stuff. And then there's mm-hmm. this booth off in the side and it's colorful and there's cartoons playing and people were swarming it. And this is before there was any press. Uh, because I happened to go to this Chicago Model and Hobby Expo, Hobbytown was aware of the Pokemon phenomenon that was to come good six months before the video games even hit the States. Because mm-hmm. they had a, a videotape they were giving away. And I just remember thinking, this is crazy. Can people not see just how blatant the marketing to just like try and get the kids addicted to collecting all these things are. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I brought it back to the store. I was like, you guys got to fucking see this. <laughs> and we played the video on loop and it had the, uh, at the end of the anime, there's that little right before the poke rap. There's the like, I uh, gotta catch them. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. They did that, and they had little clips from the uh, show, and then they had a little bit about the cards that were going to be coming out the next year. And I just – none of us had any idea it was going to be so huge, but I was just like, yeah, if this if this takes root, this is going to be this weird thing where like kids are addicted to this mm-hmm. property. So we did get out ahead of it a little bit before a lot of other game stores, and our initial allocations were higher because I started asking about them earlier. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, despite the whole marketing cash grab for toys thing that, you know, has existed as long as we've been around, I mean, it's every boy's fantasy. You're you're battling other people. You're getting to pick your own specific creatures that are yours that you can battle against others. And plus you get a physical thing that you can take with you. I mean, it, it ties in all the things that you wanted to do as a kid. I mean, you wanted to have a pet. You wanted to have a monster. You wanted to have something you could fight other your friends with. And other than they, they hit all the right chords, really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. This Pokemon the card game was pretty uh, – bef- I mean, even before the video game. The video game – I mean, we could probably go over that first – uh, before we get into the hell that was that Christmas. <laughs> um, was, so this this guy, uh, where'd it go? His Ken Sugimori and Ta- mm-hmm. Tajiri, they formed a company called Game Freak and then became a studio called Creatures. They discovered the Game Boy and the Game Link Cable and they had an idea for making this game that they had gotten the idea from watching uh, Ultraman, Ultra 7, where they had monsters and capsules that would help them fight. 
Yeah, so. and the idea they <clears throat> could envision like the signal traveling between like a Game Boy and a GameCube or two Game Boys, <laughs> almost like little insects traveling across the wire. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, what. And they, when, yeah, when you transferred Pokemon to each other, that's actually what happened. You got to see little Pokemon travel through the little wire on the cu- on the screen and all that. And um, I'm sorry, Joel, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say that they that I had also read that um, uh, they had kind of taking the idea a bit from insect collecting as well, you know, kind of having those different um, insects, which was, I guess, a, a popular pastime at the time and that uh, Tajira used to do as a kid. So kind of tied in nicely with that. Okay. Well, uh, they decided that the, the, to pitch Nintendo, and it failed a couple times under the name Capsule Monsters. And uh, But then Tajiri found a friend, Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, if you're a Nintendo like nerd, you should know the name Shigeru Miyamoto. If Shigeru Miyamoto mm-hmm. thinks it's a good idea, it's gonna probably be one of the biggest things in video games. Yeah. In fact, what did I I read something about him that he's not allowed to ride his bike to work. He wants to ride his bike to work, but Nintendo won't let him because he's so valuable to them. They want to make sure he doesn't get hit by a car or fall off the bike or something like that. So, I mean, this is the guy who made Donkey Kong, Mario. God, who else? What else? Zelda. Zelda, uh, yeah. I Metroid. Mean, he pet. Oh, man. He, oh, I mean, basically, Nintendo is. If you don't know who this guy is, you got to look him up and then you will love him. Because not only is he the creator of every video game thing that you loved as a kid, I understand that he's an awesome dude. So it's actually, you know, cool. You know, you know, know this guy that did all this cool stuff, and he actually turns out to be a really cool guy, too. So, And he gets to ride to work every day in a bubble-wrapped uh, transport that <laughs> yeah. teleports him. They just put him in a big bubble-wrapped ball and roll him down the hill. <laughs> Carefully. So uh, initially they were writing the game for the Game Boy, and uh, Game Freak, uh, the, who was it, the, the uh, Shigeru, uh, Shigeki, Morimoto uh, programmed Mew into the game to be the hundred like, and yeah the extra yeah. bonus hundred and fifty first Pokemon, but it was hidden from the public unless they needed it for something after after it was after it was launched. Yeah, um, and this was not mm. an initial hit. It wasn't necessarily expected to do well. Um, game Freak almost went broke mm-hmm. making the game. They were losing people. People were working without pay just to see the project to its completion. Yep. So they and yeah, the uh, the creator Tajiri worked was the labor of love getting this thing out into press. So uh, he eventually did. And the first Pokemon games were red and green uh, for the Japanese versions, and allowed people that had 151 creatures become a Pokemon master. Initially, the games had okay sales. But then people discovered Mew in the games, and one of the video game magazines down there, Coro Coro, announced a legendary Pokemon offer to give away Mew to 20 people. They received 78,000 entries, and sales went up. Now, this is also something that happens in Japan, where you get this weird following and it spikes out of nowhere type of thing. Um, like, am I the only one of us who has ever played Barcode Battler? 
Uh, I have played it, but only through you. Okay. So. I've heard of it, but I never actually played it. It's uh, Japan tends to get a little bit obsessive-compulsive about things. So this was pre-Pokemon, and it was a little LCD screen, and you could battle uh, your creatures. You would get creatures by scanning barcodes off of food. So you'd take, you know, go to the store, get your cereal, cut the barcode off, tape it to this tape it to a card and swipe it through there and the reader would read the barcode and then turn it into a monster or oh, an that's item. Right. Yeah, it was kind of like Monster Rancher except with with barcodes instead of CDs. But um it turned out that there was a brand of soup that gave you a really rare and powerful monster on there and it sold out. You could not find this soup anywhere. So, I mean, this is just something that uh is Typical of Japan, you know they get. <laughs> well, this is in a lot of ways the way things happen virally. It's like there's this game. It's a traditional sort of RPG where you're going around fighting things with, with the capturing and training twist, and it receives okay uh, press and people sort of like it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, there's this special creature that only 20 people out of however many people buy the game can get and all of a sudden it's getting press and when people hear about it on the news they play the game find out it's decent and it just goes crazy becomes a sensation Mm -hmm. overnight right so um one of the things Uh, that the oh joel i was gonna ask if any of you guys had had played any of these really early once well i guess we're not quite to the states yet so never mind hold that thought no i've never i have not played any of the japanese games me either but but uh no so in the meantime of course if something is popular we must make a cartoon of it so anime series uh premiered in 97 uh with, with a young pokemon trainer named satoshi who became in english ash ketchum (laughs) <laughs> which is clever last name i know right so it was yeah. based on red and his opponent uh shigeru in japanese was also uh dr oak's uh nephew 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 i wasn't sure if it was son or nephew uh blue or as i put him in the game douchebag <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people did that yeah so that <laughs> got popular real fast and uh then, then of course, after that, then came the uh, manga series, Electric Tale of Pikachu, and was published in 97, yeah. and it's still going over 14 years later. It's still running. Yeah. The longest-running Pokemon uh, uh, anime out there, or uh, manga out there. All for what? an electric mouse that can't say anything else but Pikachu, or variations of it. Yeah, and if I remember right, the... Uh, trading card game in Japan even before the anime and the manga mm-hmm. and uh, like it, I don't know if it was quite the sensation that it became over here but it was certainly very very popular Yep. so uh, eventually they said you know who would like this the Americans they would <laughs> like this American uh, Rav Baseball well, and at first, uh, the American companies saw it and they were like, no, these characters are too cute. We got to make them cool looking or got to make them scary. And uh, they stuck to their guns. They're like, no, we're, we're doing the characters as the characters and that that's it. We're mm-hmm. not letting you change them. Right. So that came over with Red and Blue. 
uh, the green did not make its way over. And also around the same time, in January 9th, 1999, the card game was released by Wizards of the Coast. Oh boy, here we go. November, beginning uh, end of October, beginning of November, I took on my first role as a manager, actually managing people. I got my first store working for Wizards of the Coast at the largest mall in Illinois in a store owned by them called Gamekeeper. Wasn't the big shiny Wizards of the Coast store. It was kind of more of a, high, I guess, a high end. You can if you, you can go to Wizards, you can buy video games and stuff. They're their main store, but our store had stuff like alabaster chess sets and poker chips and that sort of thing. So we're kind of like the grown-up brother to that store. But people still knew that we had the cards. I, so your your store was in Woodfield? Yeah. Wow, I didn't... I, I, it's been so many years, I know I visited it, but like yeah. Woodfield 20 years ago and Woodfield <clears throat> now, since it's practically down the street, like I, I never connected them. Yeah, Woodfield, uh, my first store was in Woodfield, and then I had the store down at uh, Yorktown Mall after they shut down the Woodfield store. I know I went to one of them, but I, I, I can't remember which one now. Oh, uh, it, it, well, the one, the Woodfield one was, if, if you've ever been there, downstairs by the uh, fish tanks. Okay. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I guess that the Mall of America technically has more space, but I think Woodfield has the most stores of any mall in the country. Yeah, it's big. So I took over that store in November, and the Christmas after Pokemon the card game came out, and it was the hottest thing ever. Um, we had lines going around the corner when I would open the door in the morning. Uh, I'm learning how to manage a store, learning how to manage people, trying to get all this figured out, survive Christmas. People were insane. Just for uh, the card game. Just for the oh, card yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Joel, I'm huh. not lying when I say we had, let's see, a, ca- a case of, bo- of, po- of boxes of booster packs held, was it nine or six, Josh? I forget. Um, I, I don't remember. But they held held a lot. We had a wall in the back room taller than me and easily 15, 20 feet long just of Pokemon cards. Starter sets, boosters, and we had a limit of how many boosters you could buy uh, when you come when you would come in because we would have people that initially would come in and buy like as much as they could and then you know throw them on eBay was around back then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So there were auction sites, yeah, yeah, and throw them on eBay and sell them for you know eighty times more than they were worth. So we had a limit on them. We could do that because we were the company wizards that could we could say you can only sell this much. You know, it's not like we were a third party store or anything like that. Well, we were a third-party store, and our allocation wasn't nearly that big. But from the beginning, we were just like, limit one booster per customer. Um, it, we will not uh, take reserves over the phone. There is no waiting list when we get them, however many cases or boxes. Uh, it's first come, first serve. That's the only way we can do it. Yeah, we never ran out because they kept us, you know, they kept us full all the time. But... People would come over, and we had signs all over. You can only buy five packs at a time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of backlash from independent retailers against Wizards for that, that they were stocking their own stores. And then huge gaming accounts would get, like, four boxes. And we'd be out within a couple of days. Like, uh, the next year's uh, Game Manufacturers Association uh, convention in Las Vegas, like, the Wizards... Uh, seminar was not pretty. 
Oh, I can see that Pe- going bad real fast. People were sh- screaming at the top of their lungs at the rep. I believe so, it. was this kind of like uh, a magic type game then? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. collectible cards, much simpler, uh, devoted to kids. Um, even we, we had to start selling the packs at $8 a pack. Uh, because at any price lower than that, someone who owned a game store would get as many neighborhood kids as they could together, buy each their one pack, and then resell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we had and we had people like that would come in, we'd be like, "All right, dude, it's it's you. You were just here an hour ago." Oh no, it wasn't me. I'm like, "Yes, it was you. You just changed your clothes, you weirdo." <laughs> That's so weird. And you know, it was. I don't know if it was the guy who owned a game store. Maybe maybe it was. The guy from uh, uh, Gamers Paradise, what's his name, <laughs> with the hair? Oh, Marty. Yeah, maybe it was Marty. I don't know. I don't. If it Marty, if you're listening, I know it wasn't you. I'm just jazzing you. But um, we would get people that would come in and try and buy a bunch of them. They would bribe us here. I'm like, look, no, not happening. Uh, the the store was chaos continually. Nobody cared about anything else except for this Pokemon game. Uh, and then we would have I. I inherited this store from a guy who got canned, and his team, remember when we did the Bad News Bears show? Yeah. That's pretty much what I had. (laughs) Except toss in a guy who had Tourette's into it, and that was even more fun, because we're like, okay, what are we going to have? I don't remember Ben. I think his name is Ben. What's... What are we going to have Ben do? Now, I had a guy in the back room that was uh, just got off uh, his tour of duty from the Army, so he was my back room guy. We had Mike had uh, walkie-talkies, called to the back, I need this, this, and this. So and when that was kind of nice, because when he brought them out, this guy was huge, and nobody was going to screw with him. You know, you don't have to worry about somebody making a, a snatch and grab on Pokemon cards, because this guy's immense. Now, the catch was, Ben, we had him run the register, and then occasionally people would lose their temper at him when they were told they could only buy five. And Ben would get a little twitchy. <laughs> okay. And we, you know, everybody was on Ben alert. I mean, he was a great guy, but then he would, the, it would kick in when he'd get really stressed out. He would start and you'd hear him start to stutter his words. And then we had a code B. <laughs> we would, code B, code B. And, you know, people, and then uh, the guy in the back room would come out physically pick Ben up and run him into the back room and then somebody else would just step right up behind the register. Hi, can I help you? And then the best thing about it was like our team, nobody even recognized, nobody even flinched that that was happening. You know, it's all the customers like, what the hell was that about? Uh, but my favorite one was getting a woman kicked out of Woodfield Mall. I think she was actually banned, but I'm not sure how they would hold that down with all those uh, entrances right. all over the place. But I told her she had so many grandkids that she needed to buy Pokemon cards for. And she's like, I need to buy more than them. I'm like, look, you can only buy five packs a piece. I'm not going to make any exceptions because if I do, there will be a riot. Yeah. Everyone will freak out. Right. So, uh, she didn't like that idea and hauled off and hit me upside the head with her purse. And that that sucker was heavy. (laughs) I'm not... Uh, I'm not lying. She knocked me down. I mean, it was a full-on just whack, knocked my ass to the ground with the purse, because God knows whatever the hell she had in there. Hard candies. Yeah, hard, yeah. 18 pounds of Werther's. <laughs> <laughs> we got her thrown out of the mall. But uh, I mean, the insanity 
was just like I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I had people screaming at us personally for how much they cost or how uh, oh, seldom we had them as though mm. those two things didn't have anything to do with one another. And despite the fact that we are constantly out of them, never knew when we were getting more and didn't get very many when we got them, they were such a good sh- seller that I'll admit it, it uh, kind of skewed my buying habits for the next couple years. And I probably ordered completely out of whack because all I had was the numbers on the games department. I was like, well, I mean, the games department's freaking awesome. I'll just order all this stuff. And we ended up with a couple years of dead inventory before I learned, hey, you got to realize you had this once-in-a-lifetime flash in the pan. You're not going to hit another Pokemon and have to, like, rein in some of the decisions as a purchaser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joel, did you – anything happen 99 with you with this? I I had no idea any of this even – I mean, I I knew of the cartoon and I knew of the – the, what it was, but I, this is all news to me and I didn't, it's, it's kind of insane. Huh. Now, one of the things that, um, let's see, 98, 2000, yes, poke, that's, uh, Pokemon Yellow came out. Uh huh. Yes, I still have that. I have mine, the little, actually, I have the little, it's not yellow, it's gold and sparkly. That, that version of the cartridge. Now, we got those in and I, I was, I was bad. And I got mine a day ahead of time. And I was like, I'm not giving it to anybody. What am I going to do? I'm just going to play it. Not a big deal. Well, it's, you know, it's not supposed to be released tomorrow. So, you know, the day after whatever. So I had it for a day beforehand. And um, I remember because I'm sitting waiting for a seat at the original Pancake House. And I'm sitting there playing my Game Boy. And I look up and there is this kid and his sister. And they are staring at me. And they're just like... We know what you have. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's like, creepy. I just kind of look at her like, yeah, can I help you? And the kid comes over and goes, is that Pokemon Yellow? Like, yes, it is. Now I have to kill you. <laughs> so, but no, I wait. Actually, I let him over. I let him see for a little bit and he was all ecstatic And then about you stabbed it. him. Yeah. And, uh, In the head. Whoa. Hey, man. He got you. Gotta let him bleed out. So, right. but no, I got, I got Pokemon. I still have, I've got blue and red upstairs and, uh, you know, my original Game Boy and all that. And I've got yellow. I never got the, they had Pokemon League. Yeah. They started doing all sorts of crazy stuff right around what would be our normal break time between then and now, which obviously we're not going to set the break this early in generation one. Yeah. Uh, they, they released the video game of the trading card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around the time they did Pokemon Yellow, they also had a spinoff a game called Hey You Pikachu. Yeah, which which was like a virtual pet game. Yeah, and to be to be countered up against Sega's uh, uh what was the Leonard Nimoy fish game? Oh, uh, what you know, Seaman? Seaman? Yeah, Seaman? Yeah, yeah. You don't remember that? Leonard Nimoy voiced a talking fish virtual pet game called Seaman, and you can talk to him through your little microphone on the uh, Dreamcast. It was really creepy. It was strange. It he would, sounds really creepy. He would insult your mother. Which one? Um, yeah. They came out with two movies. Then uh, N64, they did Pokemon Snap, which uh, 
you're doing like a, a safari where you're taking pictures of Pokemon as you're traveling around the island. That's a lot of fun. That was a fun game. Mm-hmm. And then there uh, was oh, uh, Game Boy Color came out and Pokemon Pinball came out, and that was a lot of uh-huh. fun. Uh-huh. The thing is, there's all these games that, they, that came out with them are were a lot of fun. You well, know? that's what I was going to ask earlier, was once the games hit the States, and you guys, I, I trust your judgment as gamers, um, were they worthwhile? I mean, was it worth the hype? I mean, the like, original, uh, any of the RPGs, like the main title series, they're all super solid games, at least the ones I've played, because mm-hmm. I was kind of anti-Pokemon at this point. I mean... It was targeted at a much younger audience. It was flagrant marketing gone mad. And despite the fact that it was making me personally through profit sharing quite a bit of money, um, I, I the stresses involved with dealing with something that's bigger than Tickle Me Elmo, like almost bigger than Cabbage Patch Kids in their heyday, like – just this madness of this craze. Like, I was pretty anti-Pokemon and didn't get to these games until years later. Mm-hmm. Now, for the for then, did we watch any of the original Pokemon TV I did. show? Oh, yeah. I ended up uh, catching it uh, in the last couple of weeks. No, oh. <laughs> didn't catch it all. <laughs> Caught a bunch of episodes, though. And, uh, you know, say whatever you want about it. The opening theme song is freaking amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a good theme song for for a cartoon. It's actually a really cool, a really good theme song. I and it won't leave your head. Well, and the thing is, watching the TV show, it's like my, I was watching it with the girls, and first off, they're like, "What the hell is this, Dad?" You know, because they they've reached this point. Like when they get to Tuesday, Wednesday of the week, they're like, "What is he going to make us watch for the sh- for his podcast this week?" Um, so I put it on, and initially, they're you know, Katie's first instinct was, "So wait, this kid is 10? Yeah. And they're just letting him go? I know? think that's part of the powerful fantasy that Joel was talking about. Is It's not just the cool battling and the monsters. It's also complete independence from your parents. Yeah. Right. And they set it at an age where you're going to hit that marketable uh, mindset where these kids are at that perfect age where they're seeing a kid that's representing their them and they're on their own. They're able to you know, fight these monsters against each other and everybody's happy. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a fantasy. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, it's done well. I mean, it's, it's goofy. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think the girls were sold in episode two when all, they saw all the little Pikachus running on the treadmill. (laughs) That was their, at that point, they're both like, we're in. We're good with this. Let's keep going. Unfortunately, they were not big fans of the Pokemon rap at the end. Oh, well, no. That's very cringy late 90s. Yeah. And then you've got the very androgynous Team Rocket. Oh, I love Team Rocket. Team, I just love the fact that they, their their whole speech is, right. is pretty cool. I mean, it's, it actually doesn't sound that bad. You know, hey, we're going to bring the world together, blah, 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 but we're going to steal all your stuff while we do it. And we're going to disguise ourselves, but yet keep my giant red curveball hair sticking out on everything. Well, and they must be perpetual optimists because every time they show up and hatch this totally insane plan, they get their butts kicked and then they are right back five minutes later ready to do it again mm-hmm. with, you know, Mewtwo and then whatever other weird Pokemon. That that's can... right. Yeah. Meowth. Now, 
aside from the the obvious cartoon cash grab, which if you watch just the first episode, just wait till the very end, right before the wrap, and the, you will see unabashed commercialism. But the one thing I learned from the cartoon that I didn't ever realize before is that Pikachu is really, really cute. <laughs> I fell in love with Pikachu, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. The uh, very beginning of even that first episode, what I was impressed with is how they hit you with images of how Pokemon are the biggest thing in their world. They are the baseball, the football. Everybody knows all the main Pokemon. They've got like Pidgey potholders, everything. Yeah. Spiero clocks. And they're everywhere and you catch them and then you put them in some kind of weird cockfight. Yeah. But these things are like sentient. It's not like they're, oh, I'm just, you know, it's like, I'm a chicken. I'm just going to attack this other chicken. It's like, this, you're having conversations with these things. And you're like, okay, now I'm going to throw you in an arena and you may die. It's like some sort of weird slave indentured servitude where they're happy to fight for you as long as you can catch them. And according to this, they don't ever, they're not fighting to the death. So it's not like no. a cockfight no, in that you- sense. But even in the first episode... Pikachu is near death because he's trying to save his life. And then later on, some of the other series, when they're fighting each other, they can get pretty hurt. Oh, they they talk about uh, it's not explicit, but Gary Oaks, Rattata, uh, he has it for a whole long time through the series. And then suddenly he doesn't have it. Uh, And there's a scene with him talking to Ash and... uh, uh, wondering if Ash has ever heard about what happens when a Pokemon dies. And it's pretty well established if you're reading behind between the lines. They didn't want to hit the little kids with this heavy shit. But, like, the rivalry between Ash and Gary resulted in the flat-out death of Gary's chosen first Pokemon, Rattata. Huh. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if, like, you're actually paying attention, you realize he's all sad... You don't see Rattata after this certain scene. He's asking about Pokemon death. And, yeah, he he loses, like, his first buddy, his Pikachu. There's wow. some pretty emotional stuff in it, honestly. Yeah. I, I, it's got a whole lot more going on that I, than what I gave it credit for in the late 90s, early 2000s. Plus... I know it's a little early to be declaring who's your favorite Pokemon, but fucking coughing. <laughs> coughing big. is my dude. <laughs> you like coughing? He's hilarious, dude, though. Is, I just love it. He's just running by, blowing shit up, going coughing. <laughs> well, that's that. They all just say their names over and over again, except for Mewtwo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Meowth. 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 Okay. Oh. I didn't. I don't know if I got to that point. I, I think you're mixing them up because Mewtwo is. I don't. He's either late in the first series, but yeah, he's he's not the cat looking guy. Mewtwo is this purple, sleek looking thing. Oh, now he was right. his first thing was actually. I want to talk about this too. Was the movie, the Pokemon oh, yeah. movie when it came out was when uh, you got to see Mewtwo in action because he you know was just kind of like. Rumored, oh Mewtwo, there's this, there's this, you know, hundred and fifty second that goes past Mew to Mewtwo, and that's when Wizards decided that they were going to release a chase card of Mew around this time, and I got a box or two of those, and we gave them away at the store for whatever reason. Here, have one, and I decided that year that this is this is what I gave away 
for Halloween was Pokemon chase cards. Oops. Yeah. It's like full-size candy bars, but laced with crack. That went just about as well as you'd expect, where I'm like, sorry, ma'am, you're like 53. I'm not giving you a Pokemon card. These are for the kids. I don't care if you're in costume. You don't care whatever, but my house was flooded till easily 1130 at night. 1130, I'm watching TV. I just hear this. Jeez. Come over. I'm like, I have no more cards left. Leave me alone. (laughs) The lights are off. It's 1130. I'm coming out there with a stick. But, uh, yeah, that was not a... So we've pretty much wrapped up Generation 1, but, like, right at the end, uh, they realize, okay, we've done all this marketing, all these crossovers, but we've still only got 152 now Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And... They've had Ash have his, like, defeat at Pokemon League. They've tried to launch a new series with another protagonist. And they decide that they're going to go back to basics and go to a whole nother district in the Pokemon world, from Kanto to Johto, mm-hmm. and release a hundred more Pokemon. Yep. And this is also, this is on the TV show, though. This is uh, not on the... um on the card game, because in the card game, they decided to go back in time for the first expansion to it, which was Fossil. Oh, yeah? So then you had all I these... I remember Fossil. Yep. And that was another craziness, too, so... Super, super low release. We we got so few of Fossil. I remember we ended up getting a few more of Jungle later. Mm-hmm. But Fossil was always just, like, short print, short supply. Oh, yeah. We didn't get as many, but we still had... Probably more than you. So. I'm certain, yes. Yeah. Um, and in uh, 99, once they wanted to uh, travel to the same land, Johto, that you see in the uh, movies and the anime, uh, you've got gold and silver coming out for Game Boy Color, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty much one of their big push titles because uh, the Game Boy Color was still pretty new at that point. I like the Game Boy Color. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think uh, Gold and Silver were the first ones where they did a time system where uh, different events would happen in mm-hmm. the early morning and midday and at night. Yep. You can only catch certain Pokemon at night, so you had to set that clock correctly, play in the evening. Really good uh, mechanic, too. So, And uh, first time shiny Pokemon showed up. Yep. Which I still don't completely understand the shiny thing, aside from the fact that they're really, really rare. Like, alternate rare coloration. Yeah, they're like they're like foils. That's the best I can figure. Yeah, looking at it, it looks like the term shiny Pokemon was first created by fans to refer to the sparkling sound effect and animation made at the start of an encounter with one in the games. So, like, the actual Pokemon might just be like, oh, it's a Pikachu, but instead of being yellow, it's blue. I, that's probably a totally incorrect specific example, but it's something like that, where the shiny version is just a dramatically different color. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's Generation 2, pretty much. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League uh, 1 and 2 came out around this time, kind of bookending uh, one and uh, generation one and generation two. Yeah, and that's another standard puzzle game. Matt, like I think it's like a match match five type game. Very, I think it was kind of similar to uh, Doctor Mario. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, this one, it's like a Tetris attack. It's yeah. not a match three. It's a, more of a falling pieces. Oh, okay. What is this? Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah. Oh, so like another, like a uh, Dr. Mario yeah. kind Ish. of Tetris ripoff thing? Yeah. So, yeah. So you want to take a break and we'll skip on to the new stuff now? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've said most of what we have to say about... Uh, uh, generations one and two and uh here generation two takes us through like 2002 the only other thing i wanted to say is by now by the time we're getting to the break between generation one and uh, generation two and generation three they've already made five movies wow and if you look at the list i didn't realize there were i mean i knew there was a lot of stuff out there but just the movies alone not counting the tv series that they've been in existence is crazy oh yeah Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we're going to start with Generation 3 all the way from uh, like 2003. And we're going to cover from Generation 3 to Generation 7. And we're, of course, going to talk about the massive juggernaut that is Pokemon Go. Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a bit. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to talk about Pokemon. We're going to Generation 3 now. Yeah, so we've been through, like, two generations, five movies, uh, what is it, six main series video games, and a whole bunch of spinoffs so mm. far. And we we're barely getting started. <laughs> yeah, they're releasing more and more Pokemon to the world, such as, what is that thing, the Kelecon? Kele- Keleon? I don't know that. It looks like Charlie Brown hate fucked a bearded dragon. Big <laughs> <laughs> grief. Yeah. Yeah. Azerdrill, Duskull, Volbeat. Yeah. We start thinking about all the assholes in the room. And Cherry Cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're just, they're just like dumping more and more Pokemon on everybody. Ruby and Sapphire comes out for the Game Boy Advance in 2002. Uh-huh, uh, moving to another district called Hoenn. Hoenn? Hoenn? Uh-huh. Yeah. Tossing 135 more Pokemon into the world. And you got to catch them all because they're not all... This, honestly, you know what is the the cleverest gambit ever with this vi- with the video games? You you want to collect all of them, but we're not going to put all of them on one game. You got to you gotta find a friend or con your parents into not only buying you both games, but you would need another Game Boy to be able to transfer them back and forth. Yep. Genius. And there's a lot of provinces to go to, and each one has their own Pokemon. Right. Yeah, over 100 in most of them. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is a, uh, a great Genius. idea. Yeah. So At I'll, current count, do you know how many Pokemon there are? You told us before the show, but I forgot. Like 721. Jesus. Wow. And counting. <laughs> okay, so 2003, Nintendo transferred the license for the trading card game back to itself from Wizards of the Coast. And around this time, you're seeing Nintendo, Creatures, and Game Freak have this umbrella organization called the Pokemon Company. They want to make sure all of the games, all of the tie-in material, all of everything 
are presenting characters in a consistent fashion. So if you see a character that's named this, it always looks like this and it always behaves like this, whether it's a card game, a video game, a freaking T-shirt, a toy, whatever. Right, and you got to give them credit for this too because they put a lot of work into making sure that there was a consistency across everything. And considering how big the world gets every freaking year in this, you know, tossing in a hundred more of these in there. I mean, I would not want to be one of the continuity guys for these games. <laughs> well, and they all kind of, even though they're different and their evolutions make them even more different, they still have a very common threat that makes them obvious mm-hmm. that they're Pokemon. Yeah, and that's the thing. We we kind of blazed past that in talking about like what Pokemon are besides these little creatures you capture in the wild and... uh trap in pokeballs and fight with but yeah they as they get more powerful they end up evolving some of them have only their one form but some of them are two stage three stage or even more as you get to later generations yeah and that and makes i mean the whole the whole situation especially with the uh tv show gets more and more concerning because it's like here i'm going to give you this dragon to this 10-year-old boy and let him wander the world to find other things like this. I mean, it's... And stuff exploding all over the place. Pikachu gets aggravated or pissed off at something. He blows up the entire Pokey Gym. You know, it's... <laughs> yep. You know, kind of strange. Uh, before we move on past Generation 3, I did want to talk a little bit about the juggernaut that was the GameCube's Pokemon Coliseum. That is a great freaking game. That is, would, uh, Joel, have you ever seen it or played it? Uh-uh, I never heard of it. Okay, Pokemon Coliseum basically took Pokemon from what everybody wanted it. Initially, you're, you're, it's like a role-playing game. You're traveling the world, you're hunting down Pokemon, you have these little face-to-face battles. You see, like, uh, the back, uh, back of the head of your Pokemon and the, you know, the other Pokemon kind of on a diagonal screen. But this game gave you what, exactly what you wanted which was just fighting the Pokemon. Yeah, and previous games, you'd had the Pokemon Stadium games, which had the 3D Pokemon battles. But this took the RPG elements of the main series and the 3D Coliseum battles of the Arena Pokemon Stadium games and combined them. Uh, adding more story, which is one of the things that would have been missing from the arena fighting stadium games, and something a little bit more advanced than just the standard JRPG turn-based battles. I mean, it's cool to have Magikarp there flopping and select spit or whatever. I forget what is. Uh, <laughs> I, like I love the one of one of Weedle's uh, attacks is struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Friggin' Weedle. I have my own opinions of the friggin' Weedle. <laughs> so, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Well, and uh, just the marrying of these two concepts uh, made this uh, such a huge hit at the time. Uh, a one, two, or four player was another one that all of these games were great at using the Nintendo accessories, the uh, e-readers, the connection cables, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I forgot about the card readers. Ah. Nice. And they also had that little clip-on, uh, uh, the IR blaster type thing that you can clip on the uh, uh, Game Boy 
SP, the DS, one of those little little half arc thing that would turn it into a, an IR blaster for you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Game Boy Advance, right? And you know what? Some of the other things that they also tossed into this, Joel. Like I don't know if you the uh, uh, Pikachu game also had a um, an addition onto it because when the Game Boy Color came out, it had it had a little IR thing in the top of it, and they had a uh, step tracker. That was also a, um, well, what were those games where you have the little monster, little monster on the keychain? Tamagotchi? It was a Tamagotchi, but it was, but it was Pikachu. And you put him on your belt and you walk around and he would track your steps and all that. And they actually continued that up until now where you have those little, there's a little step marker to, uh, the more steps you make, the more walking around you do, the better, more experience it gets. So you have the, a Pokemon Tamagotchi that you clip on your belt and as you, gain experience with that you could beam stuff from the tamagotchi to your game so that was pretty cool um in addition to like pushing the game series forward in generation three with like all of these games tend to have two main versions and then a third version that combines some of the elements and adds some new stuff like uh red and blue had yellow Mm -hmm. uh ruby and sapphire had emerald uh, they decided that they were going to do kind of re-releases of the Generation 1 games uh, with uh, Pokemon Fire Red and Pokemon Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. Right, right in the middle of this like, Generation 3 time. Yeah, and they updated graphics. And uh, I don't know if they really changed too much with the entire uh, the story, but it was an update to Red and Green, or Red and... Blue or red and green? Oh, fire red and leaf green. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of regret not picking those up when I saw them. Yeah, I think by now, I mean, we're talking, what, 2003, 2004? Mm -hmm. So this is uh, like two years before Hobby Town is uh, closing. So I'm still in the industry, but I haven't quite made my transition to the video game industry, which would be like summer 2006 to 2007. Yeah, those came out early 2004, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they have their spinoffs. They got the racing game Pokemon Dash. Uh, I remember Gale of Darkness for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. which was the sequel to Pokemon Coliseum. And around now is when uh, the trading card game is getting the Delta species, the EX expansion. Yeah, and there, have you seen what, a po- what the Pokemon packs look like now? No, it's been two or three years since I saw one. Oh, man, they are, it's like, it's went from being like the Wizards of the Coast, this is a blue pack, or this is, you know, has a picture of, this Pokemon on the front too. It's like the pile of Pokemon cards is like walking into a disco. You can get you get these booths. You, you get a whole like block pack that has booster packs in it and exclusive creatures in there. And I went in there. My my niece and nephew recently started playing Pokemon, and they were like, "Oh, Mr. you know, Uncle Michael knows about this thing." Thanks to my sister, and uh, <laughs> I had to go buy one. You know, I'm like, "I'm gonna buy a I'll buy a starter," and you know teach them how to play man i didn't know what the hell i was looking at there was there's so much now i mean the packs aren't just they're like these big brick shrink wrap things now it's not just like a starter pack and booster packs now now it's like this whole fiasco 
They still don't know how to play because it just turned out they just wanted to play war. <laughs> uh, and then right before we get to Generation 4, we hit the 10th anniversary of Pokemon. And they come out with these weird little games called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. This is right as the handhelds are transitioning from the Game Boy Advance to the DS. And these are RPGs where you're a human who gets suddenly turned into a Pokemon and has your own RPG av- adventure with a Pokemon as the main character. Hmm. And like all of the <clears throat> first three generations across the uh, two games, uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Red Rescue Team and Blue Rescue Team, uh, they can be battled, they can be befriended, added to the – I don't know if they're actually added to a party, but – yeah, going through dungeons, playing as a Pokemon. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Which one was this? This is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It's right at the tail end of Generation 3, right before Generation 4, which kicks off with Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. Like, the generations are pretty clearly laid out by the new incarnation of the main series video games. Hmm. And now the DS has come out, so now we're getting Pokemon Silver and Gold. I think is the next uh, yes. Wait, uh let's see, is it Ruby and Sapphire? No, I think it's No, was... we've got Diamond and Pearl. Prince, drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're right, you're right. The uh generation two Pokemon remakes were gold and silver. Yeah, I've got I've Heart, got those. Heart gold and soul silver? Mm-hmm. And those are fun. You know, that's that's the good thing about it. It's like the the game itself, the gameplay still is a lot of fun to play. It's not, you know, you can pick it up, start playing it, you don't, there's not a lot of uh, learning curve, except to figure out what each of your individual Pokemon do, and not so to walk through the tall grass. What you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. So, uh, Spin-off titles in this generation, I'm just going to roll through them real quick, because the generation uh, four, in a lot of ways, is one of the less exciting ones. Uh, you've got uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution sequels for uh, Pokemon Dungeon. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see, Pokemon Rangers. Oh. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, My Pokemon Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ranch. And that's the thing is they created all these games, but none of them, I mean... It wasn't like they were flooding the market. I mean, it wasn't with crap. I mean, right. Most of these are not shovelware. I'm not going to say every one of these games is awesome, but most of them are at least competent. Yeah. They're at Which least, I appreciate. Yeah. At the very basic, they're a good game, but they're not amazing, but they're still playable. Yeah. Something you can play. So, but, uh, yeah, this is about the same time. I forget which, which system it was or which game it was, but they had that where they, they had a new, See, Nintendo keeps trying to get you outside. <laughs> they give yep. you a step, you know, a step thing for Pikachu, and now they have a new one that looks like a little Pokeball. You put it in your on your belt, and they said and the thing is, um, I read one of the. I was looking for like a step meter or a Fitbit or something like that to, for myself, and they uh, they reviewed all these different like the ones that people wear on their wrist or put clip on their belt, and then they also reviewed the Pokemon one. And they said in this, like, for a step tracker, it's actually really accurate. Nice. So, they, you know, it's Nintendo, man. They don't half-ass anything. 
so we're getting into the era of generation four to generation five. We're talking already. We're seeing the Wii. We're we're getting to mm-hmm. like 2010 ish, mm-hmm. and this is when they kind of do almost a restart. Uh, Pokemon Black, Pokemon White. Uh, no old Pokemon available in the games until you beat them. Hmm. And the region, instead of being based in like rural Japan, it's going to be very urban, kind of based on like New York City metropolitan area. So inner city so, Pokemon? Not so much inner city, but definitely <laughs> more urban than uh, rural. As Rekabon, the, uh, you know. <laughs> Did you just say Method Chew? Method Chew. Something wrong with you. Crack him on. Yeah. No? I'd no. play it. Uh, and the anime at this point, I mean, I, I've lost track of how many movies we're at. I know by the time we get to now, you're up to like 14 movies. Good God. That's crazy. Well, I think that doesn't even include the <clears throat> the ones that are overseas that didn't make it over here. Right. Did any of us yeah. watch any of the new TV show? Uh, yeah, I was going to actually mention that here, but I was trying to find... Where is it? Uh, here it is. Let's see. Manga, soundtracks, films. 19 films to date. 19. Good God. That's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I watched uh, the new series that's on... Uh, it's on Netflix, Pokemon XY. XY? Yeah, we watched that. Oh, okay. Yeah, XY is going to be Generation 6, which we we're about to hit anyway, so go for it, Joel. Um, which, if you haven't seen it yet, it's it's basically, I mean, it's almost a retelling of the original first episode of the first series, except they're kind of retelling it from a slightly different perspective, but a lot of the same types of things happen, and the ultimate ending of it's the same, but it finds Ash going to a new city, um, he's out of Pallet Town. He's going to this new place to find new Pokemon and battles and um, meets up with a professor who is getting a mega evolution so that they're not, they don't know, they no longer have their final evolution. They can actually go beyond that and then convert back if they want to. And the, the animation on it is just, is really, really nice. Like it's high quality and it's a step up from the old series and it introduces a lot of new stuff and, it's it was it was good. I watched a couple episodes and I found myself enjoying it. Plus, Pikachu is so cute. <laughs> so, is it all the new guys like Froakie and uh, uh, Fennekin and but Pikachu's still hanging out with them? Yeah, yeah, Garchomp and Fro- yeah, Froakie is introduced in the very first episode. And um, well, and that's the thing is like now they've got Pokemon that aren't just like going. Pikachu, you know, Pika, Pika, Pika. In the very first episode, there are Pokemon standing on the roof of his building, dressed in clothes, swooping down to help them like there's some sort of clan. <laughs> and I'm just the, like... The one is like a superhero, um, Blaze Blaziken. It's his mega evolution. Yeah. And it's, again, you know, hey, you're awesome and all. Thanks for saving me. I like your clothes. You know, I like you know, whatever it is you got going on there, but I'm still going to capture you and put you and fight you. Right. Put you in a ball and make you fight against other Pokemon in some sort of weird slave battle. Right. And it's, I, I watched it. They updated the, uh, updated the uh, song too. So that yep. was nice. So, 
But I yeah, it, it's fun. It is. It's fun. It's the same story, but the story's pretty dang fun. The girls, I kept watching it after I walked away. So you know, it's <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they followed their pattern of every generation. They go back a few generations and remake the games. This time, remaking uh, Ruby and Sapphire as Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire mm-hmm. in 2014. And uh, that's that's basically the sh- quick and dirty version of Generation Six. Like I remember. By this point, I'm back in the hobby industry. I'm no longer in education. Um, working at the hobby shop, uh, we're pretty much getting up to the time where we were already doing this show. Mm-hmm. And we had some of the like starter packs that had like little toys of Froki. And it's like I know Generation 1 pretty well. And I know Generation 6 pretty well. And all of like who the hell are all these people in the middle for me? Basically, yeah. I want Ash back. I want what's what's the guy who who never opened his eyes? Brock. Brock, yeah, yeah. Brock, Ash, and Misty. It's weird. Like as anti Pokemon as I was in the beginning, like even before Pokemon Go, I probably could have by sight named uh, eighty of the original Generation One Pokemon yeah. just from exposure to stuff on the internet and playing the game here and there. The yeah. only reason I know any of them is because of this show, <laughs> other than <laughs> Pikachu. So, I mean, we're pretty much up to modern when it comes to the history of Pokemon, because Generation 7 hasn't happened yet. We have the 20-year anniversary, and uh, we are already in July, November. They're going to release Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the, like, Generation G7. Yep. But... In the meantime, just recently, in fact, not three weeks ago? Uh, I believe exactly three weeks ago. Yeah, Pokemon Go was released and has literally taken the world by storm. Yeah, the world will never be the same. This, I can honestly say that. It's, I knew it was coming out. I had heard it was coming out. I did not. I could not even guess how popular this thing has been. Um, it's on yeah. Android. Let's see, Android and iPhone, and I did hear a rumor they're bringing it out for uh, Windows phones, so those six people can have uh, a try at the game, too. <laughs> um, I want I, it on my Zoom. I, oh. I, I played the original uh, game from Niantic, uh, Ingress, mm-hmm. for a while, same, and same found here. the whole like AR going to real-world locations and playing a game there entertaining for a while like i got into it i submitted some portals and attacked some stuff i probably never got past level three or four but Mm -hmm. it was an obsession for a few months i have a friend who still plays it and travels around doing it uh, on a daily basis almost yeah oh i I still play it occasionally you know traveling you know since on the train you know up until a couple weeks ago i'd play it every now and then but you know I got to level six, seven, I think. So, nice. Yeah. So you've got all of these locations and the map that they've already had from their previous moderately successful game, Ingress, and you've got the juggernaut of nostalgia that is Pokemon and all of these characters. And a lot of people have said, oh, well, this is just a Pokemon reskinned Ingress. That 
shows a complete ignorance of both Pokemon and Ingress. Because mm. while there are some similarities, these are some very different games. Yeah. It's not super complicated. You have, I have a hard time figuring it out. Well, yeah, it's not super complicated, especially because <laughs> the fact they don't give you any, uh, there's the tutorial kind of blows. Yeah. But, um, but no, you, uh, step into it, you choose your character, make them look as, you know, for the 12 or so different, uh, uh, picture hairstyles or whatever, you choose your character and you catch Pokemon. It's, a VR game, GPS located. I mean, if you, if we're saying anything that you haven't heard of, where have you been? Um, right. it locates where you're at and each of the Pokemon show up in different regions. So in my town, we're nothing but Weedles. Yeah. It looks like Weedles, Rattatas and Pidgeys are everywhere and Caterpies and Zubats are still pretty common most places. But like, it's weird that individual areas have more or less common, uh, Pokemon that might be considered more rare. Like out here by me, this is Magmar country. Mm-hmm. Like it's very hard to find a Magmar in most places, but if you're around my house, <laughs> Every couple days, you're going to see one. Cool. We seem to have uh, Pidgeys and Spearows at the yin-yang. That and Rattatas are everywhere, but... Yeah, and the way, the way you catch them, you hold up the... You, have, you can either use the VR or not. So if you use the VR, you see whatever it is in front of you. So if you see, like, the you're at the park or standing in front of the Sears Tower or wherever, it's gonna, you're going to see a picture of that... And a Pokemon sitting there in front of you. And you take your finger and remember the old, when the iPhone first came out, the cool, the game where you try and throw the paper, the wad of paper in the trash can? There you go. There's the entire mechanics right there. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, at least until you get, uh, to the tougher ones. Like today, I, uh, had to go after a Jinx that was like base power over 400. Hmm. And uh, you get more advanced Pokeballs. I probably threw 10 of the Super Balls using a Raspberry on each one, and it was still breaking out every time. I finally got it. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing is like, you level up as you, as you catch Pokemon and as you discover more things. Because you can also the uh, Poke Stops, which are different areas, landmarks, and that sort of thing, which tend to coincide with where the uh, Ingress portals were. Uh-huh. And you go there, it pops up, touch it, pops up on your screen, you spin the little spinner, and you get more Pokeballs, you get potions, you get revives, you get raspberries, which was kind of confusing, eggs. you get eggs, and that's the other thing. They want to keep you, they, uh, uh, Nintendo wants to get you out of the damn house. So you have to leave the house to go do this. You have to walk around, because when you find one, in fact, I, I introduced this to my brother-in-law, um... <laughs> went over to went over to his house for uh, his uh, my niece's uh, birthday party, and I showed him the game and that sort of thing. And I explained to him now, if you haven't played the game yet, there's a way to get Pikachu as your starter. Uh, it's the you have to do it four times. When you initially start up, you will have the three starters. You'll have uh, uh, Squirtle, uh, Earth, Fire, Water pop up in front of you, and you're supposed to turn around and walk away from them. Now, this isn't just a short jaunt. So when I was doing this with Suzanne and showing her how to get Pikachu, we literally spent about 15 minutes walking up and down our block in the cul-de-sac. 
strangely enough, nobody can't question this activity. Everyone just, because you walk to the end of the cul-de-sac, turn around, walk back, do that four times, and then Pikachu pops up and you catch him. And you can start off with a Pikachu. Nice. Yeah. It's it's crazy because, like, it, the day after the game came out, uh, my wife Sarah and I were both playing, and it's pretty late. Normally by Friday, especially with us recording the podcast Thursday nights, like Friday night, I'm like old person. I fall asleep at like 9 p.m. <laughs> it's like 11 at night. We're both about to put our phone on the charger, and we both notice a uh, shadow of a scyther. Ooh. And we're just like, you saw it too, didn't you? Yeah, okay, I'll get the flashlight. Yeah, I'll get my shoes on. <laughs> so we're going out at like 1130 at night, and we ended up wandering around through the local park for like an hour. Didn't get home till like 1230 with a flashlight, catching Pokemon. Uh, we saw other people on their phones doing the same thing at just a random park in the middle of Hoffman Estates. Kid on his bike saw us walking with the phones. Uh, called to us. I was like, yeah, there's there's something over there by the stop sign. I'd try down there. Mm. It was crazy. Like, it, it's weird enough to be playing a game on your phone in a crowded area in the middle of the day, like downtown Chicago. But to be playing a game on your phone at midnight in Hoffman Estates in my neighborhood to run into other people and talk about it, it's just unprecedented. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like we've been playing it, walking around. We go for our walks in the evening, and that's the other thing they do is you get you get these eggs that Joel had said, and you put them in the incubator, and you get five kilometer, no, two kilometer, five kilometer, and ten kilometer eggs. You walk that far, and then the egg hatches, and you get a cool uh, Pokemon, maybe, or you can get a Pidgey. You know, I lucked out. I got a Hitmonchan, so that's cool. Um, that's cooler than anything I've gotten out of an egg for oh. sure. Yeah, I got a Hitman Chan and a Stario, little little uh, starfish thing, but and then they hatch, so it gets you out of the house, and we're out walking around, and for the first time, we we've lived in our neighborhood for sixteen years, and we are having conversations with neighbors that we don't know about this game, walking up and down the street when normally nobody says a word to anybody. It's all the Midwestern nod of the head and hello how you doing and everybody just keeps walking now people are stopping at the park somebody dropped a lure there's a whole crowd of people there talking about the ones that they caught you know what's your what's your technique you know did i heard there's this way to make them cur- to do a curveball oh yeah i yeah, haven't if you've got ar on oh absolutely like start at the lower left hand of the screen with the pokemon uh near the upper right and throw it diagonally across the screen and you get like extra points if you actually catch them throwing it like that oh that's cool i gotta try that then but yeah but no it's actually we're actually meeting our neighbors and yeah and another bonus um i think this report came out yesterday today that nintendo's or the pokemon groups uh net worth has doubled since this since this came out they are now worth more than sony that does not surprise me it's by uh yesterday the game was downloaded by more than 30 people 30 million people uh it's on double the number of android phones as uh tinder is and has more daily active users than twitter that's crazy yeah, just all of these stats, and it's getting people who are shut-ins out of the house. And, like, I kind of get it. Like, when there's something new that somebody isn't into, there's this inevitable contrarian backlash. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I kind of had some strong words at the end of last episode, and I'm going to repeat them. If you feel your need to shit all over uh, things that people enjoy just because you don't like them, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And that's been pretty I'm, much my attitude on this, too. It's like, I get it. It's it's not something that you'll ever be into. It's uh, You don't understand the characters. You don't care about the characters. And you're constantly seeing it on social media and TV and starting to irritate you. You know what? Do something else. Welcome to those of us who are geeks having to hear about 40 years of fucking football. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's and, and I've been pretty uh, mouthy about geeks the way they treat football and baseball. I, I this is this, the pendulum swings the other way, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no. I, I, I mean, like, I agree with you on all that. So yeah, it's the, it, and there has been a downside. Uh, there have been uh, people getting injured because they're not paying attention. Uh, there was the case in uh, St. Louis of the people who realized that the Pokemon lures that you can place as items at Pokestops don't just lure Pokemon to that area. They lure Pokemon players to that area, and they use lures to rob them. And uh, there's the girl who found a dead body. It's like – but these are consequences of large numbers of people doing one thing some percentage of them are going to be idiots and if you leave your home scary things can happen mm-hmm. i mean what what's the answer is like just like decide oh well it's dangerous out there so let's just never leave our houses dangerous to go alone take this but no i agree with you on that i mean i play it uh you know downtown in downtown chicago it is just everywhere um you know, I'm standing over at the at the corner, and the guy next to me is like, "Hey, nice Psyduck. and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize my pants had slipped." Um, it's, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's you're getting people talking about this stuff that nobody. I mean, interaction with people. You're standing on the corner, you're playing the game. Oh, cool! Did you catch? What did you just catch? Oh, I just caught this. You know, yeah, it's goofy. It's a stupid little thing, but you know what? In the last two weeks, I've walked almost twenty kilometers. Nice. Have you done any of the gym battles? No, I've tried. I got slapped around, you know, and then oh. then came back. Um, I, I've done a bit of gym battling, although it's starting to get to the point where I'm not playing enough to keep up with the people that are really into gym battling. So mm-hmm. uh, you've got these areas that are kind of like Pokestops, but they're considered more prestigious. So there's a gym there and you've got your three teams, uh, Red, which is Team Valor, and blue and yellow, which are wrong. <laughs> um, uh, they're Team uh, Mystic and Team Insight. Um, and uh, you choose your team. And if your team has a uh, control of a gym, depending on the level of the gym, there are a certain number of slots for Pokemon there. Now, mm. if there's an empty slot there, you could just park a Pokemon there, and every day your team holds that gym, you get to collect a reward, some of the premium currency that can let you buy extra Pokeballs, whatever. Mm. If there isn't an empty slot, but you've got a powerful enough Pokemon to at least uh, fight the weakest one in that gym, you can grind fighting uh, battles over and over again until the gym gets enough prestige experience to open up a slot for you. Okay. 
So, like, if the weakest Pokemon in a gym isn't, like, super powerful, which I've had that happen. It's been, like, a level 2 gym and someone throws down a, a 1,000 combat power Pokemon there. It's like, well, okay, no one's getting in there. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, you can otherwise, so long as you can beat one of them, if you're willing to sit there and feed potions to your creatures, you can get in there and you can fight. And it's a simple mini game. You tap on your guy to do a basic attack, swipe side to side to dodge, or once their meter is charged up, hold on your guy to use their special ability. Mm-hmm. And I haven't battled yet. Battling well, yeah, is all about the timing. Yeah. And sometimes you're just so overwhelmed. Uh, you're so overwhelming uh, to the guy who's defending the gym that it's just spam, hit your guy, he'll hit, and he'll take him out. Now, the interesting thing is you need to have a single Pokemon that can beat the weakest Pokemon in a gym if it's controlled by your team. If it's not controlled by your team, you get a starter run of your top six. Mm -hmm. And your top six gets to fight however many are in that gym. And once again, for every battle you win, at this time, instead of raising the prestige of the gym, you lower it. And once the gym's prestige is lowered to zero, it's become uncontrolled, and then you can park one of your guys there and start raising the prestige for yourself. So yeah, I've done a bit of this. Today I was going to take a gym because I noticed that uh, there was a vulnerable one uh, near like Narragansett and uh, Irving Park Road, but uh, I wanted to get back out and work. I get to see lots of crazy stuff as a Lyft driver. Mm-hmm. In terms of like unique areas where Pokemon are. Oh, yeah. And now uh, there was actually, I don't know what the URL is, but there was a web page that somebody tapped into the um, the Pokemon Go API and was able to, you can map out, you can like key in an address and it'll tell you where the specific Pokemon are at. I, I may have the tab open in my browser right now. <laughs> it's called yeah. po- Pokevision.com. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually sitting here. I'm like, crap, I, I don't have a Meowth yet, and he's despawning in 15 seconds. There's also a uh, a calculator out there for um, the for uh, evolving your Pokemon. It's like the, the smartest way to do it or something like that or what you need to get to a certain level. It's like a calculator. It's like SpiroCalculator.com or something like that. Oh, yeah, because oh, you that's get, cool. Yeah, well, it's, it's a calculator. Yeah, I just put my, my town... My zip code in there, and it's wall to wall Pidgeys. Nope, wait, though, no, there's a Squirtle. So, okay, well, that's, I guess, cool. But, um, but no, the, uh, I think the calculators that they have are to figure out how much of the dust and the candies you need to evolve them, because then you get a lucky egg and it doubles your experience points to level up. So the strategy has been to, uh, hold on to your lucky egg, get a whole bunch of your lower level, um, Pokemon to the point where you can evolve them, and I, you don't have to even have to dump any uh, any uh, moon dust into it. What you can do is you can just um, get enough candies and then evolve a whole bunch of them, and then you get double the experience points on that. So, PidgeyCalc.com. PidgeyCalc, and then there is also the uh, what's a little foxy looking thing called Josh? Eevee. Eevee, yes. Uh, the Eevee name trick. Oh yeah, where uh depending on what their what you name them and what their uh abilities are, 
their default attacks, you can determine which of the evolutions they're going to show up as. Yeah, so I have mine as it's water, fire, and um, der, what's the other one? Earth? Not Earth. Water, fire. Space? There's water, fire, uh, psychic. No, no, no. These are Normal. Just, because you, water, god damn it. I forgot the name. I forgot the name. So talk about yourself. Plant? Clown? That clown is not one of them. <laughs> clown, clown is not a Pokemon type. Not. At least not for Generation 1. I'm, I'm not sure. I've already seen all the ones for 7. And okay, electrical. If you name oh. your EV Sparky and then evolve him, you will get a electric Pokemon. Huh. And you, let's see, if you want a Jolton, the electrical one, you name him Sparky. You name him Rainier, R-A-I-N-E-R, if you want uh, the water one, and Pyro if you want the uh, fire one. So. Now, real quick to backtrack for a second, since I uh, had to disappear for a moment. When you were talking about your brother-in-law, for some reason I was thinking about your, your brother. Oh. And uh, I, I imagined him playing a game called RoboCop Go. <laughs> I could see that. That would be fun. Um, uh, but no, no uh, uh, the day after he started playing... My sister posted to Facebook that they were laying in bed doing the traditional play on our phones till we fall asleep thing. It's maybe 1030 at night. And suddenly he sits bolt upright in bed and goes, I got to go do something. And then runs out of the room. And then she hears the front door close. So my brother-in-law is out there in the middle of the night, just like you, Josh, in his pajamas and slippers, chasing down a Pokemon while my sister sits in the house. And she's like, you're an idiot. But um, it's it's just a fun game. Well, and here's the thing. There's a, this was something we were talking about on Coffin Joe cast this week, but we had to scrap the episode. Um, cause one of the guys I work with plays, actually, there's a whole bunch of us that play and we talk about it. Um, there's a lot of hate out there about, around it. And I, I, I didn't know too much about it. And as I've gotten into it more, I started thinking about it and I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, first of all, you're getting people out of the house. They're exploring their areas, maybe places they've never gone before. Granted, some people are being stupid about it and going out at 2.30 in the morning in a bad part of town. But, you know, they're out doing something. You're interacting with other people. It's creating a community. It's generating business for places that have Pokestops and other things. And it's it's just it's a fun kind of thing to do in your pastime. I mean, if you want to hatch an egg, you have to walk. You can't just yeah. wait for it to hatch. And it's frustrating, but it's part of what it is. And I talked to a friend of mine. Who was like, I did, I got 20,000 steps today because I wanted to hatch an egg. Wouldn't have done that otherwise, would have been on the couch all day. So uh, I don't see a negative here other than the idiots who are rocking into traffic. Well, and that was, you were stepped away for a minute. Uh, and I had uh, said that where uh, any of those dangers are the same sort of things. If you leave your house, stuff is dangerous. Sometimes it's scary. But you did touch on something that we weren't talking about while you were stepped away, and that's businesses who have been clever about this. Because we touched on the Pokestops, and I mentioned the lures. Uh, clever businesses who are within range of a lure, especially if they sell drinks or they sell ice cream or they sell comic books – their plan, the the owners and managers are buying lures, which uh, for thirty minutes, Pokemon just show up within range of the lure, and when you're looking at your map, you can tell if a location has a lure on it because it has all these like cherry blossom petals, kind of raining down around it. Mm-hmm. Well, 
the same technique that the robbers used to lure people to a spot where they could rob them, businesses are saying, you know what? I can buy $10 worth of premium currency a day and I can just run a lure for four hours at my business and I've got four hours of increased foot traffic. And some places are seeing 20, 40 higher percent increase in sales because people are just willing to like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit around, drink coffee all day and just catch Pokemon without having to walk around. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, oh, go ahead. I was going to say good for them. Yeah. I, uh, Sarah actually ran out of Pokeballs because uh, there is a Pokestop in the lobby of her building, and people throughout the day are just constantly throwing a lure on it. And uh, while she can't necessarily hit the Pokestop from her desk, the lure doesn't care about height. So she was just be able to open her phone at her desk and just constantly catch Pokemon until she ran out of Pokeballs. Nice. I'm, I just put in zip code for my building downtown. And there is a Sea King sitting right outside my window. I'm not going well, to downtown Chicago to go catch Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is that it, that it's crossed over into a lot of. I mean, people like ourselves who we were too old when it really hit uh, originally. You know, we don't have the nostalgia part of it, but it's just kind of a fun pastime. And um, a part of me was questioning whether. This was the Japanese's way of getting us off the couch, but you know it's it's a worldwide thing. I mean, I talked to Kill over in Australia, and he's like, people are doing it over there, everywhere. And now that it's worldwide, I mean, it's literally become this thing that people are going to talk about. Oh, and well, I was going to say, wait, wait till they get the next stage in, which is going to be uh, being able to battle and trade them. Well, it's not quite worldwide yet because one thing we haven't talked touched on yet is the fact that the launch has not been flawless oh no uh there especially in the opening days uh anytime around the lunch break hour and in like four o'clock to like seven o'clock uh servers were constantly down and that's actually delayed the launch in japan the the pokemon go is not even out in japan yet which is ironic don't you think Every uh, new country they add, it adds more load to the servers. And I just think that Niantic knew this was going to be big. They could not possibly have had any idea of the scale and the scaling they're going to need to be able to handle all these millions of users. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is like people are giving Niantic a lot of crap for this. But they got to understand, I mean, they thought it was going to be their success that they had was ingress. And yeah, when Ingress first launched, there were problems with the servers, there was a lot of lag, there was a lot of issues, and they got it figured out. Well, the thing here is, is they didn't realize that this was going to be the biggest thing in the year. You know, this is the biggest thing, you know, and and mobile gaming ever at this point. They had no idea this was going to happen, so they're I mean, I don't know if you know the, uh, if you looked at Niantic now hiring, they're looking for... um, server architecture specialists, you know, and that sort of thing. And it's getting posted on the, uh, the Reddit site. They're like, Hey, if you're one of these, go help them out. You know, they need you. So it's just, this is not, it is so much bigger than they, I'm sure they were even thinking that it was going to be. See, and that's the other positive uh, with it is, is the, the revenue generation and, and the job creation this has created. Cause I've seen all kinds of sets of things where they're 
putting Pokeballs where they have, you know, chargers in it and headphones and all these things that are accessories because your phone runs out of battery or T-Mobile, for example, uh, on their T-Mobile Tuesday, they had this last Tuesday, they allowed T-Mobile users to get one free year of unlimited data usage for the game itself. Okay. Uh, just to give some perspective, in the one minute you guys were talking about how big the game is, I was on a real-time uh, stats tracker. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Go was downloaded 5,500 times. Jesus. And that's people that don't have it already. Yeah. That's insane. Like, since in, in the uh, now minute and a half since I opened the page, uh, to give you a, a bit of a... Uh, perspective revenue in top grossing games candy crush has made two thousand one hundred dollars clash of clans has made four thousand three hundred dollars in the time since i started looking at this page pokemon go has made twenty thousand dollars good god see and that's where i'm saying this is one of those things where Regardless of your thoughts on it, it's going to go down in history as something that I don't know that's ever going to be repeated quite like this. Nope. And and as much hatred as there is for it, I think the love of it is far surpassing that. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. When you I guess when you get the uh, friends list going, we'll post our friends uh, our names on our page on the Facebook page. <laughs> Start a clan or something. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, this is just the beginning. They have already announced so many features, and they've got so much further they can go. What I'm interested to see is once they uh, initialize trading, is there going to become a secondary gray market for Pokemon? I mean, if something is rare and can freely be traded, how do you stop somebody from saying, okay, I have a Mr. Mime. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for you to get it. I can trade it to you. If you uh, PayPal me $30. Or Bitcoins. Yeah, or Bitcoins, yeah. I, I would think that if something is scarce, is considered to have value, and is freely tradable, it's going to have a monetary value on some sort of secondary market. Somebody somewhere, absolutely, is willing to pay for it. Oh, yeah. And they've talked about improving uh, the interaction and the battling for gyms. Uh, like assuming that they get the server issues completely worked out, which today the servers were amazing. Just to say, I played a bit today uh, without any problems, any freezing. Uh, if they can continue that trend and continue to add new features, sure, it's not going to be the crazy fat it is now in the first month. But this game could have some serious legs in the months to come. Well. And the other thing that I've seen that has been a positive and not just here, but in my own household is, um, seeing these adults with their kids playing the same thing. And you know, that, you know, how you can see the Pokemon on, on your camera in real life scenarios, like they're in, in the actual world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they've got these pictures of their kids, you know, catching it or petting it or whatever. And they're like, they're making memories together just based on a, a mobile app. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, oh, oh, you, you just touched on something that has been something that's stuck in my craw for so many years. And I'm starting to see it in some of the new articles that are at best, uh, mildly critical or sneering at the Pokemon go or are actually like anti Pokemon go. You're not being cool by pretending that you can't fucking pronounce or spell Pokemon. 
you're not being cool by making up fake Pokemon. Oh, I don't know what they're called. Wiggly butt. Whatever. <laughs> it was annoying as shit in 1999 when a soccer mom tried to pretend she was too cool to take an interest in what her kids are into. And it's just as tiresome now. Don't do it. Well, and I'm sad to say that I know people that are. Yeah. A few of them, actually. All right. So I think we've milked this... <laughs> Well, yeah, and I know we miss stuff, but uh, like I, I think we've hit the high points for what guys who are already in their 20s when this first came out uh, could do. Uh, we're going to see some cool stuff coming. Uh, there is uh, the weird mystery adventure game Detective Pikachu, which has already been optioned for a movie by Legendary Pictures. Yeah, live action what? movie. I know, weird, right? Uh, and actually, Detective Pikachu, as weird as it sounds, with Pikachu as like a Sherlock Holmes solving actual cases. Hey, don't don't Google Pokemon milking. Don't do that. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> why? Why would? Never mind. Don't no. I'm not. I'm not. I did. I googled Detective Pikachu. Uh, that's something that's safe. Uh, but don't Google milking Detective Pikachu. Which, speaking of which, we still need to. Uh, Talk about favorites and least favorites. All right. Well, I've given away my, my favorite Pokemon is and always will be my man coughing. <laughs> That's right. You did. And I, I didn't know who he was. I mean, I saw him in the list of, you know, characters. But until I saw him in the cartoon, I didn't get the appeal. <laughs> He's just hilarious. There's there's a supercut on YouTube of coughing, just yelling his name and like flying past blowing things up. Coughing. And he's so happy about it, too. <laughs> He's very into that. Uh, I don't know. How about funny. you, Joel? Well, I think I made no no secret that uh, Pikachu is is by far my favorite since I started um, watching the cartoon anyway. But as far as the game goes, um, I was really excited and and still, for whatever reason, have this weird fascination with um, Magikarp. Just because it's this fish that completely seems out of character with the rest of all of them. Because he's just flopping on the ground. But he turns into Gyarados. Well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Well, but. that's the thing. is His ultimate evolution is like a big badass sea monster, oh. which is so great. Yeah. Have you have you seen how many of the candies you need to evolve him in the game? Lots. You, you need like 500. Well, and how often do you have? I mean, I, I found him outside of work. And there's no water anywhere nearby. Yeah, I think I've gotten about three or four Magikarps. My favorite? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Is No, go ahead. No, the the transition of Abra to Alakazam. Because uh, who's who's the guy that, the Spoonbender guy? Yuri Geller. Yes, it's total riff off Yuri Geller. Because Abra is just, initially, it's a psychic Pokemon. And he's just kind of sitting there chilling in the, as his first, uh, his starting form. But... When he turns into, it goes Abra, Kadabra, Alakazam. He goes into Kadabra. He turns into this kind of like yellow foxish looking thing, but he has Yuri Geller's long mustache and he's carrying a spoon. That's funny. Whoops. Either I'm, that or Psyduck. Friggin' Psyduck. I'm trying to look on my Pokedex here of the ones I've actually got because it seemed like there was one of them on there that. To talk about ones we thought were dumb or didn't like. Is there any that you don't like? While well, I'm trying to bring this up. Fucking Pidgeys. 
Well, yeah, you'll find a few too many Pidgeys. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. Kind of like Rattata. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. I'm vaguely creeped out about the visual design for Jinx, because I'm not sure what they were going for. Jinx? Oh, yeah, I got a bunch of Jinx. Oh, the one that looks like Aretha Franklin? It's yeah. It's this weird. It's like a purple thing in a dress with long blonde hair, but the face is like this weird, almost like racist caricature. Yeah, oh, and it just kind of creeps me out. I like I like Krabby too. Also, um, but Bell Sprouts Evolution Weep the Weeping Bell is kind of creepy. And as you scroll down, I've got a. They just keep getting stranger and stranger. Oh, unknowns are cool. Oh, the ones that just are the different letters. All right, we got. Hey, what are we doing next week? <laughs> right, we got to get yeah. wrap it up. Oh uh, well, who are you gonna call? Uh, Ghostbusters. Yes, Ghostbusters. Right on. Why? Why is that so difficult? <laughs> no, I wasn't sure what we were talking. If we were <laughs> anyway, yes, we're doing the Ghostbusters show. We are going to watch the new Ghostbusters reboot, and then going to watch the original again and again and again and again. Because I love to. Because it's Ghostbusters, dude. Yeah. Everybody loves Ghostbusters. Yeah, and that's the, the thing is, uh, we are, they're doing the remake. We're going to take a look, uh, at, I mean, the reviews are all over the place. They seem to be mostly positive. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I'm probably going to go see it in the next couple of days. So we'll, I know we've talked about the original twice already since we did both a uh, Bill Murray and, uh, uh, it's late. I'm blanking on her name I know, right now. I'm blanking out on this too. I'm just I'm scrolling through Sigourney Weaver and yes. the Sigourney Weaver show. So we've talked at length about the original Ghostbusters, but uh, we're gonna do it again, and we'll be comparing the original classic to this year's remake. So there yeah. we talked about the theme song <laughs> in yeah. uh, one of our Billboard shows. That's right. Um, but you know what's interesting about it is is they talk about the reviews is that before it hit. It was negative across the board on IMDb. Once it hit, it's seen a major shift, but we'll talk about that more next week. There's a Pokemon called Spupa. Ew. All right. Metapod's kind of weird, too. Yeah. And then then all the way down to the current generation, there's Honedge, which is just a sword. (laughs) All right. So since we're old guys talking about Pokemon and we had to go broad strokes so this episode wouldn't be four hours in length, if we missed something, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. I'm sure there's something major that we just slipped by us. Uh, Maybe tell us your favorite Pokemon. Uh, Maybe call to yell at me for two episodes in a row telling you to go fuck yourself for hating Pokemon Go. Or you can explain to me the cleft key. Pokemon. It is literally a keyring. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to get its palate fixed. No, it's how are how are Chansey, Clefairy, and Jigglypuff not all the same species? That's why I want to know. Coughing, <laughs> coughing. Good night, everybody. Be factual. I just realized Mike's initials are Mr. T. We've known each other for 25 years. You've just now noticed that. (laughs)
Just now, literally. Like, I looked at him like, why is he putting Mr. T- oh. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.